I would like to introduce My name is Matthew Dvorak, and welcome to the Chivo Effect. Every week, me and my friends are going to bring you the biggest stories in sports. We're going to break them down. As always, we have our co-host, Nathan, a.k.a. Pocket Professor. How's it going, guy? It's going great. Thanks for having me again. Hey, not it's a problem, buddy. Stay, yeah, stay in this, in this chair. Absolutely. We'd love to see you. I always love – just side note, I love the Game of Thrones you got sneakily hidden in the background there. Love that. Actually, I was going to change – I was thinking about changing it to the books I actually like. Uh Dude, you can do it like the Woody More. Page on Around the Horn. Just different books every week. Just cycle them, cycle them out. Bet. Bet. And as always, I have my other co-host, Sam Gladen, a.k.a. The Producer. How's it going today, guy? Good, man. How you doing? Hey, brother. I'm doing good. Always had to see you guys. Welcome back. Well, we're going to jump right in it this week. As always, we're going to give you a little bit of NBA playoff roundup update, see where we're at. Talk. Talk about how unfortunate it is that our Mavericks, God bless them, rest in peace, had to go out in seven. Uh, we're going to bring you a little bit of the Euro previews that are starting, Euro 2020 and 2021. What an odd sentence to have that be. Talk about that Julio Jones trade to Tennessee. I want to go on the fantasy implications on that, too. And as always, Sam's going to end us off with a little bit of a sports combat update. We'll talk about the Logan Paul and Mayweather fight. That bunch of tomfoolery. But first... As always, I like to get right into it with these playoff updates. NBA first round finally finishes up. You have the Mavs and the Clippers that go to seven. Unfortunately, as we know, Mavericks, they win game five after we recorded the last week. You know, they win game five to go up 3-2. Uh, they win in Staples Center again. First time, uh, or was it, I think they tied the only other time in NBA history, the 1995 Western Conference Finals, where five straight road wins happened. Uh, game six in Dallas and the Clippers won. That brings it to six. So that was the first time it'd be a history like that. But of course, the Clippers close out back in LA in seven, unfortunately. Uh, Nathan, tell me a little bit about Kawhi Leonard in this series, man, and just how almost unstoppable he was. Honestly, it was hard seeing uh, how good the mid range is still, how effective it still is, because Kawhi Leonard is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game right now. Uh, and he can make that shot over pretty much anyone. He's six, uh, he's a tall guy, uh, long arms, makes uh, can jump up and get those shots. Uh, it's insane. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, he, he looked, because we know how Luca looked. I mean, Luca was averaging over 35 a game. He was just absolutely putting up numbers, right? I think he had two or three 40-point games in this seven-game series alone, correct? Correct. But where was Christoph Porzingis? Non-existent. And that's the that's problem. A, it's $158 million dollars of touches? nothing. <laughs> You're 7-3, dude. Get in the post. Whenever Luca is not out, we should only feed KP the ball. You not, so? That's not a joke. That's how he needs to be. Every time Luca is not touch or like not in the game, KP needs to be the number one option. He should. I mean, I, do you remember early or about middle of the season? There was a few game stretch where Luca was hurt. Um, a matter of fact, I think it was like January. We were playing like the five best Eastern Conference teams just in a row, and we were just lining them up. And KP did great when Luca was out. I mean, KP leading the show is actually not a bad team. 
but you're right. He needs the volume. He's, he's got to be the guy, you know, I don't know if you saw the bleacher report um, quote from this earlier this week that he feels like an afterthought. He doesn't really feel like the number two or like the co-star and realistically you look at his numbers, this whole, I mean, they've kind of just gone downhill over the year and in the playoffs, he's disappeared. Bubble Porzingis was no more. Well, I think a big problem is, is the scheme that, Rick Carlisle's running. I mean, he has KP outside and the like lining up for three pointers. Uh, right now, especially at those times whenever Luke is not on the court, he needs to have KP on the block trying to be 7 3, be oh, just taller than other people, especially when they have small lineups against him. He needs to like abuse that. I mean, I'd agree with you there because he's got a mid range game, he's got a decent shot. He can absolutely go around and, you know, get the shots he wants, shoot over people. I mean, hell, most people he literally just has to stand over and just – and it drops. And, I mean, when he's on, when he's on. But my biggest problem with him is maybe not even so much the shots is if you're not going to get shots, guy, you need to go in there and rebound. You are the second tallest player in the NBA, and we have the third tallest dude on the bench behind you. How are we getting out-rebounded so bad? So bad. And, I mean, you're out there. I mean, I know Zubach is out there, and he's big, but you're letting, like, Marcus Morris. We're letting Reggie Jackson. We're letting – I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that's that's one thing. But we're letting all these roll dudes beat us. That's things. We we let roll dudes beat us. Kawhi was dropping buckets, don't get me wrong, but we let Reggie Jackson start putting up 15, 20 a game. What are we doing? I'm really happy it was Reggie Jackson and not uh, Patrick Beverly or something like that. Marcus Morris. He did light us up one night. But Marcus Morris was hot and cold. Yeah, dude. The way. He also hit a pretty strong game for Sealer. He like they were up by like ten, or they were up by like seven, and we were fighting our way back. And then it was like it stretched it to ten again or something like that. Well, yeah, dude. But there was that. It was pretty. It was whatever game is the second game I think. Yeah, game four in Dallas where he hit like three of those left corner shots in a row, just three of those corner threes, and it was like you're fucking killing us, dude. We had no answer for that. And Reggie Jackson. That can't be the same Reggie Jackson I've OKC out of Detroit, right? What about that, Reggie Jackson? OKC, not Detroit. People go to Detroit to die right now. Like, there is no – There's no real, like, basketball system for winning in Detroit. Like, they had – Andre Drummond was wasted out there. Blake Griffin was wasted out there. Jeremy Grant was wasted out there. Derrick Rose was wasted out there. It, the list goes on and on of people going to Detroit since uh, Chauncey Billups left, and there's just nothing really that, like, competitive, really. No. I mean, you have two or three Hall of Famers on a team for a championship run, 20, like, 17, almost 20 years ago at this point, and it's about all you've had since then. That was it. So. But, yeah, I mean, I think <sighs> – like I said, man, it didn't even matter what the other guys were doing. It didn't matter what Marcus Morris was doing. It didn't matter what Reggie was doing. Paul George is Paul George. He he never really – I was never afraid of him. There were a couple of shots he made, especially in those close games in the fourth quarters, that just pissed me off. They were just like, oh, you want to do something now, right? But like I said, man, Kawhi Leonard was just I, – I haven't seen this out of Kawhi in a while. Definitely didn't see it last year in the bubble, it felt like. I mean, he was doing Kawhi things, but it, it, it just quiet. But this is the true, like, foot on the neck, like, I'm taking this over type shit. 
Can we just uh, move on into the semi-conference with the Clippers to talk about the Clippers versus the Jazz? Yeah. Yeah. So because... they Jazz beat them in game one, 112 to 109. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell dropping 45 close. on their heads. That's still close. Three points. It is. Um, just saying. But like I said, Donovan Mitchell got him. Got him. Sometimes he looks like uh, like uh, all NBA first team player when he's hot. Like he pretty much makes like every single shot he takes. And it's uh, I mean that's what we have nowadays with high scorers. Like. Some of the shots they're taking are just crazy, like 30 feet, 30 foot, uh, three pointers. Mm-hmm. Those are just crazy. And so, Donovan Mitchell's making those shots now, too. So, it's good to see, you know, Utah have that. And Rudy Gobert had that very uh, important block at the t- end of the game. He nice lost, little seal uh, there at the end. Marcus Morris. That's what he gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's your. Is it going on three-time DPOY this year? Possibly. I think so. That one's – they already announced MVP. That one's definitely out. So, it was right. probably Rudy. But, yeah, man. I mean, he's he's your defensive player of the year for a reason. You paid him, what, 200 over five years on a max deal for a reason? That's, that's for center money. That's insane. But, I mean, if he's worth it, he's worth it for, for stuff like that. And The stifle tower. Oh, yeah, dude. I love it. So – I don't know, man. The, the Jazz are just, to me, they're not an exciting team. They're one of those teams that's just like technically good. Like they'll just beat you soundly, but they're never, they're not flashy at all, in my opinion. I think the best, the best example of that is Joe Ingles. Like, yes, math, dude, he looks like a math teacher and he's just like the uh, top, uh, he was the third in the six man of the year voting. You know, it's just uh, crazy to see that that's the team that they built around. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. Right. Well, I mean, he looks like the most under, like, unassuming 30-year-old dad rec league YMCA MVP of all time. You know what I mean? Like, what a guy. But I would agree. I mean, you have guys like Jordan Clarkson off the bench, too. I mean, and he's quietly. man of the year. Right. Right. That's what's nuts to me. I'm I'm glad to see that, like, Jordan Clarkson has really carved himself a nice little path out since leaving the whole Lakers and all that all that noise. It's funny. If you kept that team together now, Julius Randle, D'Lo, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Kuzma. I will always maintain, I will always maintain that none of those guys, they didn't have enough space playing together to develop into what they are now. You know what I mean? Brandon Ingram never could have become the most improved player, dropping 23 points a season, playing the minutes he was coming off the bench for the Lakers or inconsistently starting, you know? I mean, I'm just saying they couldn't work that with that talent. You couldn't be great with that talent. Come on. Mm, they probably could have, but, you know, when LeBron's the GM. They could have. He's the GM. When LeBron's. Portal, I mean, that's when it blew up, right, when LeBron came. LeBron got there and he said, hey, D, how about it? And the Pelicans were like, hey, no. So he offered the grandfather, which is, I think I remember during the season, they offered like six dudes plus three first round picks to try to get him by the trade deadline. And they said, no, 
I don't know how you turn that down. I don't know how you don't just for the right. sake of taking it, take it. But anyways, but AD I think got some there. of those six players were trash. I'm sure. Salary sure. dumps. You, pretty much. Because I came in. I'm just gonna literally give you everything left that isn't LeBron and uh give me that guy. We, you see how well that worked this year. This is what I'm saying. Of all LeBron's rings were bought or uh he didn't earn those or he got lucky. Someone else got him in his rings. Okay, Skip Bayless. Anyways, let's move on to this Denver Sun series. Like we talked about, the Suns are up 1-0 on Denver. Um, the Suns are doing Sun things, man. They are just not fucking around. Devin Booker with the cars. You see the whips he's bringing up for pregame? Bring a bunch of like old, nice classic, classic cars to drive in. Yeah. yeah, man. I love it. I, love I think it. DeAndre Ayton is the most important player on this uh, in this series. You think he'll be key? Because if he can defend, if he can defend Jokic and score buckets, which he did in game one, that's going to be a long series for Den- or it's going to be a short series for Denver. That's NV- That's NBA MVP uh, Jokic to you, my friend. So yeah, I'm just saying. Good on him. Yeah, right. I just want to throw that in there. But good on him. Um, but yes, I I can agree with you there, especially without Jamal Murray. You know, pressure's on Jokic more than ever. You know, he's literally the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end in that offense. He's the guy who takes the pain. Back. That'll be helpful. I mean, they still have Michael Porter Jr. Um, Aaron Gordon, do you think he'll make an impact in this series at all as their trade deadline yes. acquisition? Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, I think, is their only shot of, uh, you know, actually competing for this series because, uh, I mean, Jokic is going to do what Jokic does, but that's probably not going to be enough. You're going to need a second person to really step up, and it's either got to be Michael Porter Jr. or probably both Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. They both have to get, like, 20 points to win this game. You think so? Yeah, if they both get 20 points, they win. And, I mean, and Jokic, all three of them. Right, I mean, I think Jokic is going to have to do Jokic things. I mean, maybe right. not necessarily a triple-double, but obviously – you're hoping for 25, 10, and maybe nine at minimum. Ten. I'm looking for a triple double from him. He's put him up in the season, so time to put him in, up in the playoffs. No, no better time to bring him out than now, right? Correct. I don't know, man. I got to tell you, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the Suns. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can just, we can just ride this all the way. Because, fuck it, dude. Devin Booker, Chris Paul. I wouldn't mind Chris Paul getting a ring. Um, mm-hmm. I would say he's kind of earned to have one at this point. Bad Brooklyn's still in the, the too bad. Brooklyn has something to say about that. Speaking of Brooklyn, Sam, you've been almighty quiet, my friend. Nathan, remind me, didn't my boy talk all that smack, all that good shit after the heat and sweep, right? Only to come yeah. back and Brooklyn and books and far, maybe even a sweep, man. So, Sam, yeah, tell me how your boys They're are down, down two nothing two. in this series so far, my boy. Yeah, we're getting fucked on. Uh, th- this is this is bad. This is not good. This is everybody has been telling me all year that we'll be great up until the moment we cross paths with Brooklyn, and yeah, that's 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 how this is going. I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say about this. It's not looking great, my guy. It's not not looking good. I got Brooklyn in five this series, but. Uh... Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you on this one. I think, but actually, no, I think I had him in six at the beginning of the series. So, 
I think I'm going to keep that. I think Milwaukee's got fighting them still. Drew Holiday's still there. But uh, Blake Griffin is just showing out. He shows why he's, I think, a top uh, 200 player all time, you know, uh, top 50 of our decade, top 20 of our decade, probably. In the probably, dude. Well, I mean, between him and DeAndre with Chris Paul and the Lob City Clippers, they were a force to be reckoned with, you know, when he was in his prime. Too bad he didn't have the mid-range yeah. jumper for all that shooting sleeve he had, but, you know, different story for a different time. He has it now. He does. He well, he's had to. Threes. I mean, he's well, had he's to. Because he, he couldn't – he wouldn't dunk in, in Detroit, sorry. I mean, he's getting older. I mean, not that he can't necessarily dunk anymore, but he's not putting up the highlight reels. He's putting up the regular schmegular shit. And, I mean, it's have just not his game games? anymore. He's dunked – have you seen these games? He's getting like 18 points on – he's getting like two or three dunks a game that are pretty impressive. They're still impressive? Not like as impressive, but he still dunks on enough. Giannis. Ooh, God, I didn't see that one. Got him. You should look up that one. I will. I'll get to it. But I, you know, I don't know what – they need a second star. Milwaukee needs an actual second – I don't mean Chris Middleton – I don't mean Drew Holiday. I mean somebody else who can straight ball. If they had gotten Bogdanovich, like that sign-in trade was supposed to happen, or at least allegedly was going to happen, I think we'd be talking about a different story. We'd be talking about a 1-1 series right now. Because the things he's doing with Bogdanovich? It, not necessarily on his own, but with this team, he can, sh- he can shoot. He, to me, is the shooter that they need and the creator that they could use other than Giannis, because Giannis is just, he's limited. While he's athletic, he's a freak. He can pretty much do whatever he wants in the paint. He's very limited the further he gets out. And I think it is hard for him to do that by himself. Teams, teams have had two and three years so far to already game plan, and pretty successfully so, when the team is built around just Giannis and when the offense is built around just Giannis. And it branches out from there. I think you need, they need one other guy, not necessarily an all NBA player. You don't necessarily need to go get a Luka Doncic or a Jason Tatum or what have you, but I think you need maybe something, man, you Bradley Beal or another certified all-star to get in there and create some offense with them. Give me a ball, brother. Give me Lonzo. I think he'd do well in Milwaukee. There's nothing there for him to do to get himself into trouble. He'll be fine. It'll be great. He'll go and eat fucking porridge at Giannis's house every night after the game. It'll be fun. He'll enjoy himself. And he'll make buckets and money. It'll be good. Yes. Yes, I do think that Milwaukee needs somebody else other than Giannis. Giannis cannot do it on his own. And I don't think Chris Middleton is a good enough second option. I think Brooke Lopez is, but they don't give him the chance. You think two bigs are going to run that team? Yep, because the shooting of Brooke Lopez. I, I understand he spaced the floor a little better now than he ever has before, actually. I mean, he's shooting threes now, but do you think he'd, I mean, do you really think it'll be that much of a difference? He could be the dude. I don't think it's enough, but uh, you're totally right. I think you're wishful thinking and you want to see him be the dude. No, I think he is right now the best, the second best dude. That's why they're losing. Right. And I mean. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I misunderstood you there. But yeah, dude, I, like I'm saying, I just, 
teams have figured it out. I mean, in the Eastern Conference Finals, they got figured out by the Raptors. They were even up 2-0 against the Raptors. It looked like they were destined to go that year. And then Kawhi put his foot down and said, not so fast, my friend. I mean, the, the year after the year after that in the bubble, the Heat took him out in the second round, right? Just like it looks like Brooklyn's fitting to do, getting set up to do. And the Heat, God rest him, only had Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Goran Dragic. You know, you got Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson coming in as well, but it, they it just that didn't show up as well. Or Tyler Hero didn't show up for the playoffs, but but not exactly a whole super stacked team. Solid, but not super stacked. No. Right. And now you're going up against the Brooklyn Nets who just beat the Mavs record last year that they set this year. The Mavs set the record last year for offensive efficiency. They broke that record this year between of course, Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant. James Harden is still hurt, right? I don't think he played game two, right. did he? So you throw James Harden back in the mix on this. And I think you were just looking at a gentleman's sweep. If they're feeling generous, in my opinion. You're right. But they're going to Milwaukee now, so you never know. Who knows? Fear the deer, right? Something like that. Is that a thing, Sam? Yes. Yes, indeed. Fear the deer. Very good. So, but Atlanta and Philadelphia. I I really like this one. Yes. Uh, Joel Embiid looking like he's pretty much back from that injury. He was dropping the hammer on everybody last night. What was it 40 it's, and 12, something like that? It's pretty obvious that um, Atlanta is pretty small without Capella on the floor. You know, John Collins is big, but he's not Jill Embiid big. There's not many people that are Jill Embiid big. No, they do not have, aside from even Clint Capella is not as big as Joel Embiid. He's not, he's least... like, I think a 6'10 as athletic. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like he. He's good, but he, he's just not that. And after that's off the floor, right, you got John Collins, probably the next best guy up. I mean, as far as just size-wise, maybe him and Gallinari. I mean, you, you don't have many options. Yeah. You don't have much options in the way of defending that. I don't have to. No, you're good. So, but I I just like him, man. I like, I like the young guys so far. I'm really liking the way the young guys are looking. I know Luca lost, but he was putting up a hell of a series. Devin Booker is giving him hell. This round, this, this whole playoff so far, Trey Young is yes. Trey Young is turning into an evil villain right before our very eyes, like he was always destined to. He has been destined to be a yeah, dude. Like ever, I'm telling you the Luca the Luca trade night story, and however how they're ever forever bonded by that. That's straight up like straight an evil origin story. Mm-hmm. So I am all the happy to, see, especially against the Knicks. I really off. hope. I really hope they uh, make it to the finals against each other once. You know, East versus West. Right. That'd be a great storyline. They, oh. they could be linked like Bird and uh, Magic. Oh, yeah. Especially if that happens, that'd be just the 2.0 version of that. At least modern just be Instead of two different colleges, it'd be Europe versus uh, America. Yeah, dude. Europe versus the USA, East versus West, the draft night guys. People would eat that up. I'd eat that up. Yeah. Mostly Dallas being in the finals. I'd eat up any, I'd eat up anyway, but you know, right. Feed me like Zeke on that one. Boone feed me. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about this Julio Jones trade. Um, I did not see it coming this quickly, but 
like I did anticipate, they would wait until after the June 1st deadline to trade him, save some of that cap hit. They did trade him to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Yes, sir. It was the Falcons got a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and then they gave up Julio Jones and a sixth-round pick. So I think this is a – it's not good for Atlanta. They lose one of the top ten receivers of all time, arguably top five. Um, They're statistically greatest receiver of all time in just about every category. Uh, The dude, really. And they get back a couple of picks for him, you know, a second and a fourth. Second definitely is a decent quality pick. Um, You look at other receivers that have got dealt in the past, you know, D-Hop obviously got traded for less than a first, which was an egregious error. But Stefan Diggs went to the, you know, went from the Vikings to the Bills. They got a first round pick out of that for him. It seems the going rate for top guys is generally, you know, Dallas with Amari Cooper, first round pick for him. Your top guys, typically you get top, you got to get top price for, right? You got to give at least that one for it. But is Julio still that guy, do you think? I think the problem is Julio's over 30. Whenever people traded for D-Hop, Amari Cooper, and they were still uh, uh, late 20s. They were like 27, 28, right? Still right there. I think that's why when you see an older guy get traded, you can't really get a, like a, a 10-year career versus like a, a three or four-year career, you know? Right, uh, right. And I mean, I was going to say, one of the arguments you can make is, you know. you're supposed to produce, so. Correct, correct. If I'm trading a first when I could be getting a young guy that could potentially be that dude for another 10 years and I'm trading it for you, I expect the results out of that, right? Right. You know, it's the same way the Rams. I guess the counterpoint you could make would be the Rams just traded two first-round picks for and definitely over 30 Matthew Stafford. You know, his history of the back surgeries. But quarterbacks are different than receivers. That's what I want. I would like to see that. Quarterbacks are right. playing until 40 now, so – Right. Wide receivers are not. Correct. And especially wide receivers. It it seems to be just a typical thing with some of them, you know, the bigger you are. Right. He's big, he's fast, but after your knees come and your ankles, you start dudes like that, that are good with their routes, you know, route tree specialists. They take those cuts hard and those start building up on your ankles and your joints, you know, your knees, anything in the lower body just starts breaking down after a while. And he's had some foot and hamstring problems consistently. You know, he's about damn near 32 now, I think. He's had foot and hamstring issues for the past several seasons. So it's a gamble. It's a gamble for sure. But if the Titans hit big on this one, Ryan Tannehill is never going to look more like a stud in his NFL career. I'm sorry. I, switched, I didn't know we switched to AJ. Uh, uh, I forgot the Tennessee Titans. AJ yes, Brown, dude, I'm telling you, yes. AJ Brown over there. No, but what uh, I think the number one overall uh, pick for fantasy should definitely be Derrick Henry now because Julio Jones is on that team because those safeties are not going to be lined up, you know, in the box. You're not going to have eight guys in the box stopping the run, which you need to do for Derrick Henry. You're not going to have that if you have to if they're going to do a play action pass and throw to Julio Jones or AJ Brown. One of those two guys is going to be open, and, you know, right. that's just touchdown city. Watch out for Ryan Tannehill, a big quarterback year this year. Right. Well, I mean, I know they lost both of their receivers and John U. Smith, and I don't know who the other guy is, but they tight lost ends. both their tight, tight ends. Sorry, yes, they lost both their tight ends. But you got to think, you're right. You got to run eight in the box for Derrick Henry just because it takes eight 
plus to take that guy down and stop him from averaging 10 yards a run. But when you have AJ Brown and Julio out there, someone's got it. You got to at least single coverage, both of them at all times, man. them. Sometimes depending on who it is, you're going to double cover one of them, depending on what it looks like the play setup is. If that's eight in the box and three there, that's everybody. So either somebody, either Derrick Henry is eating on a run play, either someone's getting burned on the outside by one of those guys or whatever receiver you got running the middle is going to be just wide open. So play action exactly. got this I mean, year, Ryan Tannehill. That's what he's known for too. So I think, you know, I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of Derrick Henry. He won my fantasy league this year because we had a points per attempt, a rushing attempt. So half a point, but still, I, they just hand him the ball and he runs. He He's uh, the best, you know, first down back in the league, I think. If you're just going to have a straight run, I oh, yeah. don't know if I would want anyone else. And like a third down back, like a Christian McCaffrey, someone who could do like all three downs. I mean, that's different, you know, for different re- – yeah, for other things. But for a first down back, there's no one else I want more than Derrick Henry. I like that prediction. I do. Guys, that one of the things I wanted to bring up was the fantasy implications, and you said it best. I mean, he definitely – is in consideration for some first round for some one number one overall picks by a lot of people. Um, I mean, and Julio does that. He just changes his offense. Like you said, AJ Brown is good. Having a couple of tight ends may be nice, but if Julio Jones is healthy and he's, he looks like himself, even, even 50% Julio Jones. Um, no, dude, if he's fully healthy, no, dude, if he's fully healthy, but he only looks like 50% of himself, that's a, that's a decent receiver right there. 80% of himself, that's scary. Combine that with A.J. Brown, that's just scary. You know, I read somewhere that Julio had his second or his worst season since 2012 statistically at 86 yards a game last year, right? Average 86 yards a game, second, you know, his worst season since 2012, almost a decade. That would still put him at second all time. That, that blows my mind that this dude's worst in 10 years is still pretty much everyone else's best. Better than everyone else almost. That's just So nice. you said he was your top in your top five receivers all time, right? I'd probably say all time. Can you name your other the other four? And I bet I can name one more that would put a top them. Obviously Jerry Rice. You gotta go Megatron, I think. You go I put Randy Moss. Mm, you probably got to put him in there. That's what three. And you can mm, coin flip between Terrell Owens and Michael Irvin at that point. In my opinion, coin flip between those two. You put Terrell, would you put Terrell Owens over Julio Jones? Mm, no. There you go. There's five. So maybe your top ten, but. I, I thought it was a little too high to say top five. You think so? Just saying. Where, what do you guys top five? What you got for me? Jerry Rice, Megatron, Randy Moss. Uh, sorry, I can't think right now. Uh, you said some. I didn't say Terrell Owens. I don't think Terrell Owens is better than him. Actually, I do. Why am I talking about easy money? But I don't have him fourth. I have him like... Fifth, uh, 
Yeah, it has on. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is higher than Julio Jones for me. I didn't even think about him. That's a good point. That dude is old reliable right there. Like, may as well call him Yellowstone because he's old faithful. Dude has been money for 15 plus years out of pit. Top yeah. five in catches, top five in pretty much probably every statistical category for receiver. Um, easily be a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. So, yeah. But no, man, I think it's a great pickup for the Titans, Julio Jones. I think it's another sad Thank day you. for Atlanta in the fumbling of the bag that's been since there, that they've been fumbling since 28 to 3 meltdown. Bro, it's been all downhill since then. Nothing good has happened. They just need to restart, rebuild. Like, nuke it all. I agree. Uh, Matty Ice, he's no longer Matty Ice. We've, me and uh, former co host Jeremy have determined that he is just Matthew Ryan from now on. He, he no longer deserves Matty Ice. We haven't seen that since that MVP campaign right before that said meltdown. So, I do want to talk about the Euros as well. Euros? Yes, sir. So, first things first. Who are you most looking forward to see play? Like what individual player, what team, what are you looking forward to seeing the Euros the most? Olivier Giroud for France. Oh my fucking God. You and this Giroud guy. That's who I really want to watch. I'm telling you, he scores goals. If he if he's in the game, he scores goals. Uh, can I, I can't explain it. Can I remind you in the 2018 World Cup, he had a fat whopping zero Goose eggs. Makes you think he's going to do better now, three years older. What are you talking about? In the Euros, he had zero goals? No, in the World Cup in 2018, he had zero goals. Oh. Did you watch the France's World Cup run? Yes, we did. If you watch watch France's World Cup run, oh, he was important. He was great. Anyway. Just saying. Yeah, I know. But Olivier Giroud, I got you. Um, I'm excited to see. And that whole France team, sorry. Straight up. I was going to say follow up. Yeah, the whole France team. I could name any of them. Nicolo Conte. uh, Kareem Benzema is on the France team finally for the first time since 2015, 2016. Kylian Mbappe still just 22 years old. You really want Kareem Benzema scoring your goals? You know who I want scoring my goals? Kareem fucking Benzema. Rather him than Olivier Giroud, for Christ's sake. But Kylian Mbappe. Who do you think is going to score more goals at the World Cup? Benzema or Giroud? At this Euros coming up? Give me Kareem Benzema because we're yes. going to die on this hill here. Okay. I'll die on this hill. Give me Kareem Benzema. Say that one with, Give me him with uh, – give me four goals with him. Griezmann. Oh, what? Give me four. Give me Kareem Benzema with four goals over the tournament, however long they run. It's going to happen. I think it's. I think it's too easy. Four goals in like ten games. I hope so. Shit. Well, I guess it depends on who starts between your boy and your boy and him. So. That's true. And Benzema picked up an injury, and then Drew scored two goals for France on their international friendly this week, earlier this week. So, fair enough. Fair enough. So, I don't know, man. I'm really just excited Benzema to see live. Hurt. Might be hurt. So, ah, we'll get okay. there. We'll keep covering this. Good. They start on Friday. Yeah, dude. We'll keep. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yes. Next week. I hope you watch a couple games. 
I plan to. Um, it can be easy. I can probably just put it on during work. It'll be nice. Just keep it what on time, mute. Uh, what time are they on? Oh, they're the same as they always were. They'll be like the afternoon games, like probably like a one o'clock and then like a three o'clock probably. Damn. The Friday game is 10 a.m. and then the Saturday game started 8 a.m. our time. Beautiful. Saturday at 8 a.m.? Yes, sir. Man, you can't beat just sports all day long. I mean, especially soccer. Wait, what's the game on Saturday? So sorry. Uh, oh, you probably got a few of them. Saturday, 8 a.m. He's looking. Wales, Switzerland is the Saturday 8 a.m. game. You have Denmark, Finland at 11, Belgium, Russia at 2, and then England, Croatia, Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Who plays Friday? Sunday morning, that's where I'm going to. Turkey, Italy, at 2 p.m. on Friday. You got to find whichever the group Germany is in. They're in a really good group, I'm pretty sure. I know there's a group of death. Give me just one second. I'll look it up. I think if I'm Germany, not mistaken, I believe it's, in that one. it's Germany, Portugal, and I think somebody else. Death. Group F. It's always group F. What, what is it? One more time. It's group F and it's going to be Germany, Portugal, France, and Hungary. Whew. That's going to be a heater coming with that one. Good. It's going to be hard to see Portugal advance. I mean, actually, I don't know. Portugal's got a pretty strong attack with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, although always leading up there. Right. Well, I mean, they're the reigning European champs. They won the Euros in 2016. They also won the most recent. That They have FIFA created some new, like, League of Nations or international something tournament they won recently as well. So they're coming off two two international wins. And, I mean, you, you, can you really count Cristiano Ronaldo out until you can fully count him out? Until he's done done, has he ever really done? Nope. So, when I mean, you also have Germany. They're only just four-time World Cup champions. They're, while they surprise you sometimes, especially of late, where they've had some shortcomings, you can never really count them out, I don't think. And, of course, France, your 2018 World Cup think- winners. Go ahead. I was thinking, I was saying Germany is looking pretty strong right now. Uh, they got some young talent coming through as well. Mm-hmm. And they have old talent that's there still. So, Absolutely. I mean, how can you count out Thomas Muller? Muller! He always scores goals. Bro, he's always right there. So. But I'm really excited. To, man, I'm excited to see live soccer again. I'm excited to see all day soccer. I'm excited to see some soccer games with fans fully in the stands. Just sports in general with fans back has been fantastic, but especially soccer. Soccer is just so much different when you have people there. I mean, the the atmosphere is just electric. Even just from watching it on TV, it's nuts. So happy to see it happen. But I'll also be happy to see what England does. You know, see if football can finally come home, right? Your boy Harry Kane off Tottenham. 
he was the leading assist. He had the most assists and the most goals scored in the EPL this year. So we'll see if maybe he can lead England to something. I read somewhere that Trent Alexander-Arnold is getting left off the Euro squad. Not quite sure what that's about. Um, only a top 10 left back in the entire world. Consistently top five in the Premier League and assists the past several years. I don't know why you would leave that off your squad. Maybe he's just more form or what, but that makes uh, sense. Maybe it's – I think uh, they just want to do uh, – go a different style. Uh, you think so? Yeah, he's like – I think Liverpool, you know, used him to attack a lot. I mean, yes, he was a good defender, but he did a lot of attacking as well. I don't he, know if this England team is going to do the same number of attacks whenever – I mean, he, maybe they're just asking him to defend more than he wants to. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. How, we'll see what Gareth Southgate's got in the uh, got in the bull bag. See if they can bring football home, boys. London needs it. They need something. Okay, anything else you want to talk about there, Nathan? Anything fun for me? No? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing sports related. You see the uh, U.S. team win the was it the League of Nations men's national team? Is that the Concaf? We just won something in Concaf. It was yeah. only like a yeah. I'm not sure how. I mean, yeah. Concaf League of Nations. Um, Nations League final. Um, I still think it's – I think that's the Nations League is what you're talking about in Europe. That's what Portugal won. Probably. So I think that is relevant. Um, they're, uh, I think Europe has much more talent than the Americas, but I still think it's an accomplishment for the young team that we have. I would agree. Do you think we qualify I for the World Cup excited. this year? Me too. So let me ask you, do you think we qualify for the World Cup this year in 2022 versus missing out in 2018 like we did? Yes, I want to see what path we have to take to – because I don't think this was the automatic bid to the World Cup, so. Not yet. We need to definitely – I mean, if we qualify, I think we could have a decent showing. You know, I don't think we're going to dominate and all – like, I wouldn't call us a dominating team, but I think we'd be a competitive team. I think we could, if everything breaks right, we could surprise people and make a little bit of a run. I don't think we have enough yet to go and dominate the European powerhouses, but. I think our biggest struggle right now is the defense. I mean, there's a lot of potential. We have young, good talent up front with like Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, uh, Daryl DK. He scored today and their game today. They're international friendly, but he's um, there's a lot of talent up front. I'm worried about those center backs. You know, there's uh, John Brooks is like still there. He's still above average, but you know he's old. There's not great people around him. Right. I mean, he's old too. He's above over thirty at this point. I think easily. I think it's, so. I think he's still in his early thirties. So. I don't know, man. I think I think the U.S.'s biggest problem is not necessarily where we are right now. It's where we need to be. Just as a – the U.S. men's national team soccer culture is not where it needs to be. We're just not winners. We don't think like winners. I don't think they necessarily 
it's getting there. I think the young guys are coming in and bringing a lot of a lot of fight, especially like Christian Pulisic. You know, I think he thinks he's a winner because he just won the Champions League. Just saying, you bring <laughs> that cool. in. Exactly. You bring that into, it, and if he gets used to winning, if he's there. I think Chelsea's going to win some games now with Thomas Tuchel in charge. So, I, and they got money. They always have money to spend. So they're going to have. If there's a chance for upgrades, there's going to be it. So. Do you uh, think Christian Pulisic can bring that attitude back to the about, U.S. Men's national team? Yes, exactly. And he can build it over years and years too. If he if he still is like that guy, which I hope he is. Me too. I mean, we you know, we got to watch Landon Donovan a little bit early in our lives before he kind of called it quits. But uh, he wasn't doing it in Europe. No, as much. He did, no, he did play in Europe. Yes. Uh, but not him like and Contenci are two Americans in our recent history that were big in. Europe, and, Clint, in- and Clint Dempsey, yeah, but I mean, no, they weren't doing but, it in. They weren't doing it in the Bundesliga like he was doing it. They weren't doing it in. In the, the Premier, Premier League, really, like he was doing it, right? So, I think the U.S. is never going to win a World Cup in his lifetime, or not in his life, not in his playing tenure. I think that he's got to be like almost the sacrifice to establish the culture. And then it goes from there. He plants the seeds, you know? You don't think so? I think he's going to be the leader we destined, we're destined to have. He's going to be in like five, 10 years. If he's still at this, at this level or even better than he is right now, I mean, that, that could be a carrying team. I mean, at least be like the best team in the Americas. I think right now it's com- we're competitive up there with like Mexico and, you know, some of the like Argentina, Uruguay, stuff like not better than them right now, I don't think. But no. you know, in five, ten years, with him being a cornerstone, um, we could they could be a lot better. I think we can have this. He could set a tone and be a leader even more than he is now, which I think he is because there's a there's a lot of young people on that team still. That are Gio Reyna. I don't think I ever said his name, but that's the guy I'm looking for. He was he's killing in the Bundesliga right now for Dortmund as well. So. America's looking I mean, bright. They are. I mean, you got to think he's because even Pulisic, we've been talking about him for four or five years now, but that's been since he was 16, 17 years old. I mean, he's only what, 22 at this point, I think. So, right. We don't talk about everyone being young. He's still damn near a kid himself. So, but that's nice. It's nice to know that your leader is already kind of, he's kind of working his way in there. Everyone, you know, everyone knows his name. They respect him. He's been there for several years and established himself as an elder, even at 22 years old. So I agree with you. It's good for the, it's good for the culture to see him win. I think, cause I think, yeah, I absolutely think you're right about that. Actually him getting wins uh, in, in Europe and other places, getting his confidence up, getting everything. Yeah. Nice style point for you there, buddy. Him getting everything going there, you know, and he brings that back. He's like, Hey man, where I'm from, where I'm doing it and we win year in and year out, we're doing this. Here's how we compete. Here's how we get better. Experience. And you bring a little bit of that back. Yeah, Exactly. Hey man, I've been to the Champions League. Let's kind of let's change us up a little bit and let's fucking get this rolling. I agree with you there, and I'm excited to see. Dude, it. if he would have scored as a substitute in that game, oh, he could retire that day and still be like the number, like the most famous American soccer player of you know. Scoring ever. in a Champions League final, bro. 
he was the first American. I mean, like we talked about last week, he was the first American male to even play he in a Champions League play. game for a Champions League final, let alone get the action that he was getting, you know, getting in there, getting touches and being in the attacks, being involved. It's nice to see that out of him. It really is. So. I start great things from him. Me too. The only thing I really wanted to talk about is this Floyd Logan Paul fight from this past weekend. Sam, can you hear me, buddy? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> well, talk to me about this fight a little bit, how it went down. I mean, I know that everybody got paid and Floyd kind of put that work on him. Yeah, well, Floyd put that work on him. Floyd didn't do shit, but yes, they got paid. They all got paid, and that's that's what this boils down to. Is it was a money grab and it was legalized theft. I mean, they boxed for eight rounds and th- they kind of boxed more. Logan would throw a jab and then immediately rush in and wrap him up and hug him and hug him for as long as he possibly could before the ref would force the break. I mean, Logan knew exactly what he was doing. He was going to get in a couple of licks and then go in to hug him because as soon as he got into that close range kind of trade for trade battle with, uh, Floyd, I mean, game over. Even though he had six inches on him and 40 pounds on him, Floyd is the best in the world and the one of the greatest of all time for a reason. Like, he will fuck you up. And so it was It was eight rounds. It was an incredibly boring fight. Uh, the entire stadium started to boo when the fight ended because it wasn't what they expected. It wasn't what they wanted. But it's like Floyd they said at the... Out. Yeah, they wanted they wanted Logan Paul to get his clock cleaned. And it's like Floyd said in the post-fight press conference where it was like, look, you can be angry. You can say I tarnished my legacy, but you know what didn't tarnish at all? My bank account. My bank account's looking mighty fine right now. Okay, so he made $50 million to show up and let this YouTube kid try to hit him and try to knock him out. And he showed very clearly that, one, he's still just as agile in the ring as he was and two that for all of logan's bolster and bluster like the kid trains boxing at least a little bit and is huge compared to floyd mayweather and floyd was still able to stand in there and take a couple of decent shots i mean the the last fight on the card was in no way the the important fights on that card like we had badu jack who's a former two-time uh, light heavyweight champion and middleweight heavy middleweight champion uh, who knocked out Dervin Kalina in the fourth round via a TKO. So just laid him out clean for the 10 count who basically announced his intention to go for his third uh, title in his career, which would be a record. Uh, no one has held three uh, independently recognized world championship boxing titles ever. It just doesn't happen. People don't jump weight classes and then succeed like that. So if he's able to do it, that's going to be insane. Uh, on the undercard, we also had Luis Arias defeating Jarrett Hurd via a split decision. This was not a good fight. It was okay. It went, I think, six or seven rounds. And then the opening card, what was probably the most impressive of all the fights, well, impressive is the wrong word, the most entertaining of all the fights on that card was Chad Johnson facing Brian Maxwell in an exhibition Ocho match. Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco, 
who got his clock cleaned in the end at the end of the fourth round. The fourth round had about three seconds left to go, and Chad Johnson drops his gloves, thinks it's done, starts celebrating, and Brian Maxwell just cocks back and slams him in the face with his glove, and Johnson goes down. So Johnson ended the fight on the mat, face down, and afterward, Brian Maxwell kind of stood over him and was like, welcome to boxing, bitch, and just like did exactly what we wanted to happen to Logan Paul to Ocho Cinco. So it it was a weird fight. It, it was Showtime, not Triller this time, so there wasn't like six hours of concert intermixed by boxing. This was a legitimate boxing show. It, I don't know, man. It's weird. I don't love that this is where boxing is going and that like in order for boxers to be considered legitimate, they have to end up fighting on these like super cards that are being established for millions and billions of dollars. But at the same time, as long as these athletes are getting paid, who am I to bitch, you know? Ocho took his million dollars and uh, laughed to the bank with it. Even getting up off the mat, got himself some McDonald's the next day. He ain't tripping. He ain't too worried. 100%. He had a good fight. He had a good showing. I mean, yes, he ended the mat on the ground, but he had a good showing. He didn't embarrass himself in four rounds, which is about all Ocho Cinco could hope for. It, it was... It was interesting. It was it was definitely you could see that he was trying. He was really putting in the effort and he was gonna try and like go out and really shock the world and knock this kid out, but like he he was not gonna land anything substantial and he didn't land anything substantial and it'll be interesting to see if he wants to stick around in the world of boxing or if this was kind of his one foray and he goes on his own uh on his own way. Should have headbutted him. Right in the nose. Yeah, dude. Ooh, that'd be a dirty one, Nathan. I'll be doing that. <laughs> Ooh, nothing just... will be as dirty as uh, not Mike Tyson, but uh, Foreman biting the guy's ear off. Oh, that was Mike. Mike. Okay, yeah, Mike Tyson biting the guy's ear off. There will never, there will never be anything as dirty as that in the world of boxing. And oh man, it, to be alive when that happened would have been just so weird and so funny. I got a question for you guys. You have to fight. You have to fight one of these boxers, these old school guys. You pick, pick your poison. Who it is? But who are you squaring up in the ring with? If you're a YouTuber, who are you squaring up in the ring with? Try to make that money. Alive today, or no, like a a boxer that's alive today, or just a a classic boxer that would draw a lot of money? What, like, what's the parameters of the question here? Because I have an answer, but I don't know if it'll count. Well, give me a live today, and then if it's different than you're just preferred in general, we can do that as well. Okay, so there are two answers there because alive today, but in their prime, I'd say George Foreman, I'd give him my jaw and I'd take my 20 million home and get my jaw reconstructed. Easy, done, no problem. Uh, all time, Sonny Liston for the same thing. Just go in, get my shit rocked, and then walk out with my money. What do you think, Nathan? I want to get beat up by Russell Crowe's Cinderella Man. <laughs> like the guy he played or just Russell Crowe in that movie? Russell Crowe in that movie. <laughs> Russell Crowe in that movie could kick your ass. And Russell Crowe now, no training, no real boxing training in the last decade, 
I, I think could probably still kick your ass. It, it would be an interesting fight though, because you you have a couple of inches on Russell, and he's got twenty thirty pounds on you. So it would definitely be entertaining watching him punch up and you just like trying to keep your head out of the way. That's a whole. Bro. That's how you box, right? Keep your head out of the way. That's that's the basic tenet of it, from what I understand. Absolutely. What about you, Devo? Who would you fight? Or who would you get your shit rocked by? Man, just for the sake of it happening, Muhammad Ali, if we're going all time. And then today, I don't want Floyd, bro. He's such an, ah, he gets on my fucking nerves. He knows he's good. And the problem when you know you're good, you get cocky. I mean, and he's worth the cockiness because, you know, 50 and 0 doesn't really lie. But I wouldn't want Floyd. I'd probably take like Manny. I could take Pacquiao. I could respect getting knocked the fuck out by Pacquiao. And that's the thing. You might not get knocked the fuck out. I mean, you might just sit there and, like, pull a butterball in WWE and just absorb those hits and be like, okay, cool. That was three rounds. I'm going to go shit blood for the next month, but you made your money, so who cares? Right. Now, one more question I need to ask. How much money would it take for you to stand there and take one from Mike Tyson not even prime Mike. I'll give you now, Mike. But we've all seen those videos of what he looks like even now. How much would you have to get paid to take one shot straight to the kidneys from Mike Tyson? The kidneys? The kidneys? Straight to the side, just like straight in the ribs, the kidneys, wherever that thing lands. 25 or 30 mil probably just to make it worth my while and so that my wife doesn't divorce me after I get out of the hospital. $175,000. No fucking way. There is no fucking way that if we show, fuck you, no. If we go to Vegas and Mike Tyson's like, you go, I will pay you right now. I will peel off 175 bands to hit you in the kidneys as hard as I can. Sober, Nathan, sober. There is no fucking way you do that. No fucking way. Even you respect your life too much to do that. There's no fucking way. I only need one kidney. Bro, you're asking for him to give you what equates to appendicitis, but with your kidneys off of a punch. That's it. No, there's no way. There's no way. Bro, 175000 does not go as far as you think. Fuck no. That's not like, fuck you, I'm not working the rest of my life money. That's like, oh, I might get like 10 years of no work, but then I've got no marketable skills. Like, you're still fucked. And you're still doing dialysis every day to keep that one, like, kidney, like, work. Taking a punch (laughs) to the kidneys by Mike Tyson is not a marketable skill, Nathan. I have other marketable skills. It's clout, and clout is a marketable skill nowadays, just so you know. (laughs) I think so. I think Diva's right about that. I don't disagree, uh, but I think you're full of shit. I, I think nut up or shut up time if we were like, hey, we crowdfunded it, we got the 175K, and we got Mike Tyson to be down. He's got a glove on. He's going to just sock in the kidneys. I think you bitch out. A glove, easy money. For 175K only, bro. I'm having him write, just hand me the checkbook. And when I wake up in the hospital in the morning, I'll decide what's worth it. Like, exactly. You are not, Mike Tyson is not touching me, glove or no glove, for less than a cool seven figures. No fucking way. If Mike Tyson wants to punch you, 
it will punch you. Okay, but that's not the question that was posed. The I'm question was saying, how I'm much money saying. to take a shot to the kidneys by Mike Tyson. And for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to take this shot to the kidneys. No, that, that's a cool seven figures, at least. At least a cool but no, seven. You said, you said you were something like, Mike Tyson is not punching me. And I was like, I don't think it's your choice. Okay, I, that's all yeah, I said. Uh, fuck I off. Nah, fuck you. Okay, you so here's, here's a different question for you then, Mr. Dvorak. So we, we know how much Nathan will take for a, a kick to, or a punch to the kidneys for from Mike Tyson. What about Francis Ngannou giving him a, a, a good kick to the thigh, good kick to the calf? How much would that cost you, Nathan? Keep in mind, Francis Ngannou shattered about. someone's femur with his foot a couple of months ago. I'd rather get punched by Mike Tyson. Fairness. That that's a smart move on your part there, sir. I would just like to say that Nathan, that is a very good, albeit obvious but hilariously good point. <laughs> that Mike Mike Tyson, he's if he wants to punch you in the kidneys, you're not about to have much say in that decision. <laughs> that's all, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I think you're fucking nuts. Six figures, my ass, dude. Seven at minimum. I'm pushing eight. Like I said, I'm just gonna take the checkbook. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to assess the damage to my body, and I'll decide what works then. I mean, if I'm a big enough asshole of a YouTuber that trailers like, yo, sign this contract, go make that money, get just beat down by Mike Tyson, I'm like, all right, bet. Give me like eight to nine figures, and we can make that happen. Ain't no way in hell I'm going to like stand in that ring for anything less. No way. Only hypotheticals anyway. It's only hypotheticals. Well, it reminds me of the that TikTok that was, I don't know if it was you, Sam, or somebody else sent me a while back. It was Randy Johnson shows up once a year. So you get paid $10 million, but Randy Johnson shows up at you once a year. Yes, and just throws a baseball at you as literally hard as humanly possible at you. Yeah, prime Randy Johnson, bird explosion Randy Johnson shows up at any given point and just yeeks a fastball at you as hard as he can. That's what I was going to point is out it, to Nathan. Is it going to hit my Randy, head? Well, that's the thing. So Randy Johnson is the guy that obviously killed the bird with his fastball. So the, the question that was posed was 30 feet away, like no matter where you're at in the world, no matter what happens, suddenly there becomes, there's like, or not 30 feet, 90 feet, whatever, however fucking far away a backstop is. They're just, a backstop appears out of the earth and prime like 1992 1993 randy johnson who exploded a bird with a fastball shows up it can just do it it can be in the middle of church you can be like having sex and however your position is where he's gonna hit so like if you're if you're going and he's got an an angle on your brown eye he's gonna hit you in the brown eye but yeah dude Um, i'm not doing it i would how much money 10 million how much money one time one-time payment of yes. $10 million, but he shows up every single year for the rest of your life, Nathan. This dude regularly hit, like, over 100 year. miles an hour. Yeah, oh every year for the rest of your life. So, like, you know at some point he is going to be the reason you die. Like, you know you are going to be the bird yeah. from that gif, but a human fucking being. You're just going to explode at some point. And Randy sure. Johnson just has immortality until you die. It. So, like, eventually he's going to figure that out and just That's start aiming for your spleen. Is it, though, like, he who wants, wants to-, to be 26 years old the rest of their life? I'm just saying. I bet some people do. I bet Randy Johnson wishes he was 26 again. Yeah, that's probably fair. But 
Are you doing it? 10 million, you taking that to the head just like that, Nathan? Absolutely not. No way I'm doing that. I'm doing it. Nathan is slowly nodding his head, yes, and making like shrugging, like shrugging things. I'm like, of course I would, but 10 no. Million. One time payment of 10 million, man, and it's the rest of your life. Dude, you are 27 years old. I have You've got a, at have least lost, 40 years left. I haven't counted. You're con- you have conservatively 40 years left on this earth. And you're telling me that, like, because it could be that, like, December 31st, he shows up. And then January 1st, you're in the hospital. And he just shows up and beans you again. And then you're good for 364 days. But you have two broken femurs from getting hit by Randy Johnson with a fastball that you have to now heal for the next year. Like, you are consistently paying that $10 million to get out of the hospital and to, like, handle your bills. Ten million. I'm gonna become a German citizen and get all my injuries paid for healthcare wise. Universal healthcare. Become the president of the no United bills. States, and then it's just illegal for him to do it, right? <laughs> the Secret <laughs> yeah, Service will that. stop that, right? I would move to Europe, become okay. a European citizen, and then get free, free healthcare. healthcare. How's that not? Yeah, then I'm not paid for any of the recovery. I can still buy like some land somewhere i can buy, you can buy something for 10 million dollars and live in europe for free for however much time imagine him in a bar my in europe in. imagine him in a bar in europe just trying to flirt with some girl yeah and just out of nowhere some girl points at some dude behind him and she's like oi who's this? <laughs> who's this who's this and you're like oh fuck and you just turn around yeah and there's just the big nasty six five yeah, yeah, you better fucking Cobra. Surrender Cobra your ass off, bro. <laughs> I don't want to hit my head. I just, I don't want to... And she's just like, what is he doing? Why does he have a baseball? And he's just winding up and looking at you, and you're just like, you better run. You need to get the fuck out of the way. Okay, so, so at, first, at first, at first, uh, he, she, he makes, Randy, Randy Johnson makes eye contact with the girl, and he goes like, waves her off and then like sees you yeah okay so here's another question for you assuming (laughs) you won't feel pain because they're not like they can't feel pain what sporting event would you like to be like part of the equipment for so like you could be the baseball on a home run you could be the bat on a home run like something like that or like a football for a field goal a football for like one of those like rocket passes from prime Tom Brady when they're a little deflated. Like what is the, what is the piece of sports equipment you like think? And you're like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool to just experience once. Tom Brady's jock strap. <laughs> that is staying in by the way. So, you know, good job with that, bud. I was just to say a basketball on a breakaway dunk or on a poster, but I mean, Oh, dude, the basketball that John Moran was holding when he tried to dunk over Kevin Love. I wonder what was going through that thing's non-sentient mind. Like, you was really about to do this to this dude. Ah! I'd like to be one of the backboards that MJ broke. Just chilling, doing my job, working my nine to five. And then all of a sudden, I'm just, my guts are spilling out of my ass. Like, no, that's insane. Shaq's about- dunk from the assist from Kobe. The, over the Portland Trailblazers, that mm-hmm. ball. Wow, nice, good choice. That or a Dirk fadeaway, any Dirk rainbow shot, rim. or the the baseball that uh, 
Boston hit to win the World Series for the first time since they traded the babe? Just to be like, I don't know why people are cheering, but this is kind of dope. Pick one of those David Ortiz home runs for those from that ALCS. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Dude. Shit. Oh. Mark McGuire's 73rd. Another interesting question. So you have a time machine and you're given authority to go back to one sporting event to see live in person. Just one event, you see it live and you go you go back to your timeline. There's no ripple effect, no butterfly effect. The world isn't, Hitler isn't in charge of the universe because you went back to like the forties or whatever. What's the sporting event you go back and you watch? Germany's 8-2 World Cup win. When they fucked up Brazil? When they fucked up Brazil. In Brazil, no less? Yep. You just want to see that Mirosov closer goal. See that history maker. What about you, Diva? Man, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, I know I've, I know I saw it on TV – but man, seeing Dirk Nowitzki finish up the Heat in Game Six in 2011 would be just a personal, absolute emotional roller coaster, and one of the most fun things to have seen live. That or watching any of like the Last Dance live, watching Jordan play live once, um, maybe even the flu game, or possibly the shot he hit to finish Utah off, that'd be just some insane shit to see live. I'd want to go back to the Coliseum and watch a day of chariot races and gladiator fights. That is very good. That was my second choice, and then I thought about this one. 1980, Lake Placid, USSR, USA. That sounds Watching that game live in Lake Placid in that stadium would have been insane. Dude, just getting drunk and chanting USA afterwards had to have been the best thing ever because you know it was going down. We just beat the Russians at the height of the Cold War in the sport they had kicked everyone's ass in for 20 straight years. Just being drunk and chanting OHIO when we were when we beat Clemson a couple of years ago, I was like riding high. So with there being actual stakes involved, I can't imagine. I just think uh, being in crowds, like going to games and stuff like that, is just a great experience. I mean, especially if there's like uh, you know good uh, you know good home home presence. Nathan, I don't know if you remember, and I'm sure you do. Our very first Mavs game together when we had the Thunder come to town, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Double overtime. We watched, we watched OJ Mayo yeah. hit one at the buzzer to put it into overtime. We were sitting behind the rim. We watched Kevin Durant drop 52 on us that night. We lost, but it was still just incredible, man. Oh. It was one of my favorite experiences of all time. Absolutely. Anybody else got anything good? Anything good in the wild world of sports this week, folks? Aaron Rodgers is uh, engaged to Shaylee Woodley. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a thing. He's been chilling out in been chilling out in Malibu for a while now. Just doing what whatever was the he show wants. she was famous for? Uh the first one, Secret Life of the American Teenager. Where she was like pregnant at fourteen or fifteen. 
and then like yeah it was super weird i watched all of that show she was uh <laughs> know, in the I, divergent I you, movies oh yeah that's what I, I did i did indeed watch every single episode of that show and then yeah it's one of those where like you look back and you're like oh god i spent time on this it's like going back and trying to watch like older episodes of like glee or something stupid that i watched a lot of and you're like oh this was just as bad as everyone ever told me it was and i was just in my own little world cool got it that's one of those too right lost bro nathan i I forgot to tell you i want to rewatch right now do you still have my copy dude i I mean i know dude i'm in the middle of season three right now so lost his ass and i will maintain that until the day i die says you anyways exactly says me it sucks you watch the west wing for fun (laughs) well folks that's all we have time for today thank you so much for tuning in be sure to follow the show on twitter at chivo effect you can also find us on instagram at chivo effect and on facebook with the chivo effect leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast it'll really help us out and until next time we'll see you guys later this is